welcome. Welcome, Cheers. Cheers. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Cohen's grad podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Need a little intro music or something. I don't have that fancy intro music. I thought about it, but it's like, well, the first two times have been working out well enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It has, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So we're we're good for now. I, I can always edit some intro music in later if I want to. Yeah, exactly. Post, uh, post edit. Be good. You're nervous too. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's natural to be nervous. I guess. I, so, so to be honest, <laughs> I, I'm nervous as well. Yeah. And now I, I can see I'll just expect everyone to be nervous. Yeah. And, uh, saying this out loud, maybe it could help people to like, not to be nervous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's no reason to be nervous, but mm-hmm. there, it's definitely, I personally have never done this before. So it's kind of just not knowing what to expect and um, hoping that it's something that people will enjoy or relate to in some way. So yeah, yeah I guess we'll see. And it's fun, <laughs> isn't it? Fun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it's always great to see you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we get to share a glass of wine and yeah. uh, hang out and so that's awesome yeah. your, your house is so beautiful I, thank you yeah i can't say that enough every time i'm here i'm a bit amazed by it yeah well i definitely tried to just make it my sanctuary it's very much um yeah a peaceful zone for me and, yeah um yeah that should be the purpose of home. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, some people like to be really stimulated in their spaces, and I really like it to be somewhere I come home to and just can take a, a good exhale and, you know, relax and, yeah. you know, f- just feel that coziness around me. So, yeah. For sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to, for starters, um, to be fair, again, you can ask me one question as well. Um, okay. Um, even though we're, you know, very well connected. This was not prepared. Just so you know, I, I don't know what Lauren is going to ask me. <laughs> Despite me trying to <laughs> ask in advance of <laughs> what yeah. you'd like me to ask you that hasn't been asked yet. But. Yeah, it's not prepared. <laughs> um, you know, well, first of all, how many pairs of glasses do you have? Oh, two. Oh, wait, does it Just include? to regular glasses. And two. Really? Yeah. Some really interesting glasses. I have another pair. Well, I did a LASIK surgery after high school. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't need glasses for, I don't know, over 13 or 14 years mm-hmm. now until MBA happened. Mm-hmm. And with the amount of screen time we had over the pandemic and class working on the computer for, for work work as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now I'm back to the glasses world. Mm. Are they only blue light, or are they actually prescription? They're prescription. They are. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's genetic. Yeah, interesting. I had LASIK too, but thankfully haven't. You did as well. I did, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was absolutely game changing. I was a little bit nervous to go For in, sure. but I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, but do you remember that? The, when did you have that surgery? Ah, uh, that was probably about eight, eight to ten years ago, maybe. I think yeah. probably eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I talked to Rob about it. He said it's absolutely normal to have this relapse. Um, okay. Because yeah, I guess especially when it's genetic for me. Yeah. Um, and I still remember the sensation having that surgery because I don't know if it's the same kind of procedure or, or feeling in in Canada because I did it in China. Mm. 
we were fully aware. I was fully aware of what was going on. Um, you were awake. There was freezing. Yeah, there, I was awake, and I could see what's going on because there was a device that like forced my eyes yeah. open, and I could smell it. I yeah, could, I could the burning. Smell, yeah, the burning. <laughs> As the laser was burning, like yeah, you could smell some meat was burning. Oh yeah, that was my eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember thinking at the time what a interesting kind of business model what it was because mm-hmm. the I think they had told me that it was the actual surgery itself is eight seconds per eye, and I was in the operating room for probably a max of 20 minutes mm-hmm. or minutes but yeah you're Same. awake yeah you have sort of the local anesthetic mm-hmm. but other than that i mean they just go in and you yeah. your eyesight goes dark in one eye and yeah. then it comes back and then then off to the next one and I, it was it was fascinating to me so imagine you've gone to school yeah. and you're charging however many thousands of dollars for this procedure mm-hmm. and you can go through i mean that's got to be a dozen 15 patients a day maybe more yeah um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to run the numbers on that. But there I we go. The, that the NBA talk. <laughs> Maybe Rob has that answer. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. And it's a really expensive procedure. It is. Yeah. yeah, and it's so quick, and you're yeah. in and out of there. Um, yeah. Almost no pre-op. Basically, no post-op. Some you just yeah. put your dark glasses on, and somebody picks you up, and exactly. they release you. <laughs> so at the time. Uh, uh, one of my richest cousins was also going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, his eyes were more delicate than mine, and um, so two Canadian dollars equivalent. I probably paid a thousand dollars for mine, mm-hmm. like fourteen years ago. And his procedure, whatever with his assessment, we had gone through. He had to pay like four times of what I paid mm-hmm. for. Surgery. Oh, I, I, I just wonder yeah. how much of that was fluff, um, how much was that is, is actually true. That right. Way. Yeah. Well, I know what's more expensive if you have astigmatism, for example, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. But anyway, life changing. If anyone out there is thinking <laughs> of it, highly recommend it. <laughs> that was cool. Well, anyway, that started with a non-substantial question for fun, but you know, no. turned into still fun. <laughs> Good conversation, anyway. Just so. random. Yeah, in case anybody was interested in getting a LASIK uh, surgery, mm-hmm. talk to Rob, of course. You know who to talk to. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely not the specialists here, but uh, <laughs> the benefactors. Fun. Um, yeah, as always. First question, <clears throat> you know it. Madison, thank you. Um, <laughs> What kind of orange juice do you like? So I'll be the first one to say absolutely no pulp. (laughs) But you know what? I am also I'm also um, not a huge fan of orange juice. It's not something I. So I'm just not a big juice person in general. I'm very much kind of. Yeah, water. Yeah, water. Well, smoothies for sure. Um, And I typically like green smoothies or Mm -hmm. something with. Or blueberries and antioxidants and stuff like that, but typically, yeah, I don't really drink juice. juice. So, yeah, I would say that the only, even when I was younger, the only time I drank orange juice was in, like, with cranberry juice, for example. Um, I thought you were going to say it's with champagne. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, when I was younger, and then now it's very much, yeah, mimosas, which I would hate to have pulp in. Sorry, everyone else, but, um, and then, 
yeah, I guess with vodka every once in a while, but it's just not my, it's not really my taste. Um, okay. It's too acidic for me, but. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's fair. Everyone has the right to like it or not. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, I'm very sensitive to texture for whatever reason. And so. So you don't like texture? Well, there's certain textures that really irritate me. And so. Mm. Um, Can you give an example of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, things like microfiber claws or cotton balls oh. or, um, oh, like hair. Are you I hate the texture of yeah, balls or it like, depends on it's, this? It's almost a phobia. Like, I cannot touch it on my own. Yes. <laughs> so I think even with food, texture is really important to me. And I think okay. the pulp just really rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't. I just wouldn't go near it. Yeah. How do <laughs> so. you deal with Mika then? You're okay with Mika's hair? Um, I am, yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people ask me that with my own <laughs> hair because I have a tremendous amount of hair. But um, yeah, I think like I have never been able to clean drains or anything myself. Like that's mm -hmm. just not something I can, or like threads. And that that is actually like a pretty significant phobia for me. Like if there were threads on the couch right now, I would, um, oh, I would oh, ask wow, somebody okay. else to like remove them. Really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I um, like I would never be able to like knit or sew like sewing for me, even the little sewing kits that yeah. you get at the at hotels or yeah. at least they used to do that. Yeah. Um, even just looking at the threads, I just I get really freaked out for some reason. Yeah. Wow, that's super strange. My oh. whole life, yeah. It's yeah, like that, that's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it can be counted as you know one thing that people don't know about you actually. Too. That's true, actually. Yeah. I've never considered that. It's a strange one, but uh, I usually go with the lack of sense of smell, which is also weird. But yeah, the texture thing is for sure, for uh, sure. big for me. And also why I think I'm very influenced by my surroundings and yeah. that, you know, I would say that I'm a pretty kinesthetic learner. Like I like to touch things and feel things to kind of help me learn about them as mm -hmm. well or give me perspectives. So yeah. yeah, I guess it's a, possibly a little strange, but um, yeah always kind of been like that it's I find it really hard to not touch things when I like if I'm in an art gallery or something yeah I want it if it's the, I see like a smooth surface I just want to touch it like <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun. whatever that says about me <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks for sharing yeah well I can't really tell you what that says about <clears throat> you well if anyone's listening who has an idea of what this is about <laughs> feel free to um not chime in to text Lauren about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any psych majors out there? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, the second question. Who are you? Uh, so I'm Lauren Rich. I am very excited to be two months away from graduating <laughs> on this three-year journey. Um, yeah, I, you know, I struggle with this. I think um, anytime somebody asks me even what I do, I tend to be that person who diminishes my accomplishments or what I do. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's, I struggle with answering that question. But, um, you know, things I identify with really strongly as being, you know, a husky mom, obviously, like my beautiful Siberian husky is lying beneath me right now. <laughs> um, you know, somebody who's family oriented and, um, I would have said previously extraordinarily career-driven. I mm -hmm. think that's sort of been changing over the past couple of years, but certainly um, a very strong 
a hustler and, you know, a driven person, um, absolutely. But um, I would also say that something I identify with strongly is being a member of kind of the arts community and just loving mm-hmm. everything from, you know, visual arts to, um, you know, to music and yeah. everything like that. So that very much plays into, um, yeah, just I think the community that I built in Calgary, but yeah. also kind of shared interest in working with others and connecting sort of on that artistic side. I'm not an artistic person, um, but I would say that I just, that appreciation for art in so many different forms, even, Mm -hmm. you know, reading and film and things like that, um, I just kind of consume as much as possible. Like, that's usually what I'm doing in the evenings or weekends is, like, out at some sort of live performance or, you know, an author talk or uh, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, most people will know me for kind of my, the work side of me, but that's yeah. very much like the social side of me. Yeah. Nice. I'd like to think that as a great way to appreciate life. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I'm very much the same way, but I really do appreciate all the arts you have in your house. Mm-hmm. That it's a great selection. And uh, if there's a chance in the future, I'd like to be part of... Uh, yeah. That part of your life too, yeah. or just you know, if there's an event, yeah, absolutely, an event, uh, I'd like to go. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, and even recently, like I'm um, hosting, it's kind of turning into quite a large event, but um, with the opera, and uh, I've tried to sort of marry the technology and the art world, and mm-hmm. so I've got a group of, I think we're probably going to be about 25, 30 uh, with my like work. So my partners and clients and stuff like that. And, and uh, I think I have two friends coming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the artistic director of the opera, Jonathan, he's going to come and give a little bit of an address and say, you know, here's what we're trying to do with hosting this, um, you know, this, this experience with Steve Jobs and kind of trying to branch out a little bit. And so yeah. I think for the opera as an arts organization it's very foreign to them and then as the tech community it's also a little bit um something we haven't really done a lot of and so I kind of wanted to just give it a try and see how that would be so I I did throw it out to some of our MBA court to say I have no idea whether anyone would be interested in this because it's modern right it's sort of this it's it's one Grammys, but it's very much a modern opera, which yeah. I'm not even sure I'm going to enjoy, to be honest. But yeah. I think it'll still be interesting regardless, right? You kind of have to try things that you maybe haven't experienced before. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So, but things like that, I mean, I think um, I'd love to host additional opportunities where we can kind of get some MBAs together and go, you know, to see the orchestra cool. or something similar. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Um what I actually have in mind right now is the uh, the structural holes. Um, mm, yeah, like I keep bringing up Glenda's class. <laughs> She'd be so proud of us. <laughs> she she's the most recent course we've taken yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. You're filling that gap I can see between the tech world and the art world, and that is amazing that you are taking this initiative and, and doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, well, hopefully it's a success. I mean, it's sort of one of those unknowns. I don't know how well it will be received. Mm-hmm. Even inviting people, it was sort of, I'm trying to find the fit of individuals who don't always enjoy going to hockey games and things like that, where, yeah. you know, um, maybe they're not interested in sports. Maybe they're, they, that is the kind of thing that they would enjoy going out and, you know, bringing their husbands and wives and just doing something a little bit different. So <clears throat> I'm trying to 
think outside the box there and you know figure out how we can you know bridge those those worlds so yeah that's 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 great I'm really glad to hear that and I'm excited to to see what happens keep me posted mm -hmm. I'm always interested in trying new things yeah, before we move on to the next question mm -hmm. I actually want to move back to something you have mentioned mm -hmm. in your answer you said something has changed in the past two years and you wouldn't identify yourself as a you know extremely career-driven person anymore um, yeah. why 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 would you say that what what happened yeah um man this has been such a journey i think um uh kleenex here to you <laughs> no thank you, you. I think you I should, you. <laughs> if we get to that point we should probably cut that out yeah. Of the um, yeah, I mean, I would say that the past three years have been the most intense and rigorous mental health journey I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was probably necessary, but there were a lot of things that just kind of snowballed and happened over the past couple of years mm -hmm. that um, going into the MBA and then also just the impact of the MBA on, on all of our mental health, I'm sure. Um, I think I had to do a lot of really kind of deep work for myself and I was especially in my second year I sort of needed to put that ahead of everything else and um, that's not easy to do mm -hmm. but I was sort of almost at an impasse like I wasn't able to for such a high performing person I was going through these cycles of just not being able to perform and not being able to find motivation or interest in anything I was doing and so I think there were a lot of changes that I needed to make and um and a lot of just self-discovery and learning about what I wanted to do next. And I, I genuinely do think the MBA has um, sort of forced that <laughs> in some ways, right? I, yeah. I think it, I would have gotten there anyways, but yeah. just having such an ex intense experience working full-time and having a demanding job and then, you know, working full-time in the evenings and weekends, I mean, that really it forces you to kind of look inwards and, and figure out why you're doing things and um, what you want to do next and also what's important to you, right? I yeah. Mean, um, yeah, how that aligns with the life that you want to live. So, um, yeah, I think there's probably some follow-ups that we can get into there for sure. But, uh, Absolutely. yeah, that's the short answer, I would say. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, totally feel that and totally feel the, the same way. Um, with the reflection piece, with the you know the deep work of ourselves piece, and MBA definitely forced that into me, um, for good or, or bad. And, and I want to ask you, how do you feel about this this change, and how do you mm -hmm. feel about you know not really <clears throat> identifying yourself as solely as a super high performing, crazily career driven person anymore? Yeah, um, it's interesting. I remember sort of the pivotal moment where I realized um, kind of a, an element that had changed within me. Mm -hmm. um, I guess for context, I started working when I was 15, as you know, I think people might have started young too, but I think it was always something that my parents had driven into me that um, independence, especially as a woman, mm -hmm. to be able to um, kind of run my own life and career without being dependent on anyone else. And yeah. so that was uh, a message that was driven. My mom is a lawyer and she's just kind of, she was always, you know, she traveled a lot, was not home and was very much kind of like the head of the household. And um, from a 
you know, from a career-oriented perspective, and then I, my dad was sort of the heart of the home, and so, yeah, it was interesting kind of growing up with that dynamic, because especially as a, as a woman, you know, I, that was what I was exposed to, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I was always, even in university, like I worked through university, I volunteered and worked at a yoga studio in addition to kind of my part-time job and working and everything else. And I think I always just loved filling my time with things that I felt would kind of propel me forward. And I've, mm-hmm. I've sort of always been like that and work has been a really big element. So in my twenties, I was almost to the verge of like hyper-focused, obsessive around work. Like that was what I, that was my sole focus in my twenties. And so, Mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of fun as well. And I got to travel all over Canada, you know, I lived in New York and Montreal and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, had a lot of fun doing that, but I was very much like, it was almost as though I had something to prove. I was just very, I wanted to be the best in my field and I wanted to, and at that time being a female in tech and in sales, you know, I would constantly get asked, oh, are you the marketing girl? Like, and like, no, I run accounts. Like, yeah. and so I, it sort of contributed to this chip on my shoulder where I was yeah. like, no, there need to be more women in this industry. And there need to be, you know, mm-hmm. women who are at the best in their game as well and recognized for that. So I think that really influenced that first decade in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming into my thirties, I think I became more myself, less formal, I was, you know, I had sort of made that brand, that personal brand for myself, Mm -hmm. and I was able to kind of loosen up a little bit and show more of my personality, realistically, and Mm -hmm. kind of um, ease into that fact that I had proven a lot and, you know, obviously still have a long way to go, but um, I think I became a little bit more comfortable with just kind of that side of myself and showing sort of that personality where I was very, very buttoned up um, in my 20s and just... um, extraordinarily focused on just being driven. So anyways, I guess coming back to the that point in time in the MBA, I realized that um, it was actually during the retreat. Uh, in mm-hmm. the, yeah, and so, and that was a hugely impactful experience. And apologies to anyone who was in that with me because I was an absolute puddle. I think I cried really? through most of our group discussions. <laughs> <laughs> I could not keep it together. It was, and I remember there was this one point where Raph was sitting next to me and he was sharing a story and I was so influenced by it and I could like feel his energy because he was next to me. Mm-hmm. And even before I started speaking, I was like crying just listening to Raph and then, it was, uh, I was just a mess <laughs> after that first year. And, um, but I think, um, and maybe I guess the context kind of in what had happened in my first year, like my dad passed away and then I was coming out of an abusive relationship that, um, took me probably a full year to kind of get myself away from him in like a safe distance. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think there was just so much emotion and then the exhaustion of that first year and yeah. kind of your whole life being turned upside down. Um, it really came out through that self-reflection in the, in the retreat. And yeah. so uh, there was this exercise that we did that was, um, we kind of had to sit in these four quadrants. And so it was, there were sort of the drivers, there were the kind of more artsy types, there were the diplomats and then the engineers and, um, or I wouldn't say engineers, but the more kind of technical focused folks mm-hmm. um and so and I, I wish I had remembered the exact term because it was sort of we were outside we were in a field and it wasn't anything written or anything we logged later and I my first thought was well I'm a driver like I've been a driver my whole life 
And I walked over and sat squarely in like the diplomat seat. And I just felt for the first time, I remember looking over there and I was like, I don't know if I relate to that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And something inside me is like, you know, my superpower has been, you know, connection and empathy and listening and understanding and seeing kind of all sides and being that person that sort of absorbs and then provides information back. And I just, that was a huge moment for me where I kind of realized, like, I don't identify with that driver seat Mm -hmm. anymore just because of the changes that I had kind of been working through in my life and so um yeah it's made me I don't know where that's going to lead me but it certainly has made me approach things differently that's over time so fascinating I I'm uh losing my words a little bit here because I was amazed by everything you just said um when you describe (laughs) yourself in the 20s I have a superwoman image Mm -hmm. in my head and I very much so admire that but at the same time I, I feel the Lauren I know the Lauren that sits in front of me right now is more human mm-hmm. and is more approachable and easy to connect mm-hmm. I, I can't say on behalf of the people who were in the same group with you at the not a rehab sorry yeah, I almost said rehab it was a rehab <laughs> 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 it was because I wasn't in it. Um, but I don't think you need to apologize for that because I, if I were to guess, they probably appreciated that side of you and that, that true side, that human side of you mm-hmm. as well, yeah. as much as I did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I mean, I, I know that I got that experience out of listening to others and their stories as well. And I think, um, Especially, like, I was really impressed with some of the guys in our group as well, because you can tell not everyone is comfortable speaking about their emotions and their experiences, and especially in a group setting, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think the particular group that we had was very open, and everyone shared some pretty deep stuff. Like, there were just a lot of really um, vulnerable discussions and I think everyone came away feeling like they got a lot out of it and they felt really supported so yeah I hope that's the case but uh yeah I definitely looking back I'm like wow I was I think I underestimated just how um fragile I was during that period and how much um how much I was struggling I think yeah so no yeah and and it's also a a strength of you that you can share that vulnerability or you're open to share that vulnerability with the group. Good for you. Yeah, well, it's not easy, but I'm a firm believer in, you know, I think, I personally just know I would be nowhere if it weren't for my friends and family, right? And I wouldn't have survived that period of my life. And um, I think the more we share, the more supportive we feel, more Mm -hmm. supported we feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, people can't help you unless they understand what's going on. And I fully appreciate how hard it is to articulate that. And I don't know, I, I think it's hard for everyone, but I um, I know personally, I just got so much more out of it by being able to talk about what I was going through. And, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Because I can see if most times people are seeing you as this superhuman being, so strong, impeccable, um, don't know anything going on in your life, they wouldn't think you need 
any anybody to to support you and when you open up when you share that vulnerability it gives people the chance to to support you mm-hmm. yeah 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 i agree yeah absolutely. for sure yeah. um it's unfortunate that we learn that too late in life right i wish i had known that when i was younger and it's um you kind of watch these generations go through that and yeah. i think it does take a certain amount of life experience to realize that it's okay to kind of to be vulnerable. To, to be vulnerable yeah exactly yeah. so um yeah anyways i 30s being my 30s it's this is going to be the best decade. Like it's just so far, right? I mean, yeah. I shouldn't say the best decade because we're only in our thirties, but it's, <laughs> it could be getting better. Too. Yeah, it's yeah. getting. It's just fun. Like it's great. You know, you have stability, you have education, friends, autonomy. Like there's just so much great stuff about being in our thirties as well. So yeah, I I feel completely the same way. It, the thirties isn't as miserable or as <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> as people have described to me, you know, back in my 20s, because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an Asian culture thing, uh, aging, definitely aging into the 30s is almost a disaster mm-hmm. for women, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, I'm only one year in, I'm enjoying my 30s so far. I feel with the time, um, probably with my own effort, with deep work and reflection to I do feel more wisdom coming out of my life, um, and I'm getting more and more comfortable in my own skin. That's my biggest goal for my life. Not as much as I want to yet, but I'm getting there. Um, next question: um, You've shared besides you know your phobia of. Uh, the texture and, uh, <laughs> and her, your involvement within the art community in Calgary. Is there anything else that people don't know about you? Mm, yeah, I think, um, I don't know, probably a lot, but I also like when it kind of comes up organically. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, it, we it may up <laughs> we may yet. Yeah, so we'll skip that. We may I, yet uncover a couple things. And that, <laughs> we've uncovered a few things already, I feel. Yeah. And they're, they're very good. Um, on to the next one. And I know you prepared for this. Um, so I'm not going to ask you this question. So... Lauren prepared for her core values. Of course, she knows her core values, and I'm not gonna. No, we're gonna ask this. What's her top core values? <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny. We were discussing earlier, and I was like, "Well, I, I listened to the two others, and you know, I just wanted to have an idea of how I was gonna answer." But I think <laughs> with the values, that's interesting because we did go through that pretty extensively. And, yeah. Um, advanced leadership course that we would just be great but um I it's interesting because Glenda had said you know there are folks that are sort of born or they build their values very young in life and then they kind of maintain those over time I don't think that's me like I, I they have changed over time for sure and I I would say that now um my top one would probably be harmony mm-hmm. um and sort of finding balance and harmony within my life. That's very, very important to me, especially just after a couple of really, really difficult, unhappy years. <laughs> and so making sure that I kind of have the people that I choose to have in my life and sort of 
repelling anything that doesn't contribute in a positive way. Um, so that's that's a huge factor for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, a connection would probably be my second. Um, you know, it, it's, I think, it, everything that we've talked about, right? It's yeah. the people in your life that support you are really just, um, I don't think there's anything more important um, mm-hmm. for me and maybe my dog. Because um, <laughs> she has absorbed a lot of stressful energy <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, connection. Uh, so that can be through community, through, like, my one-on-one interactions, um, family. Mm-hmm. You know, those are really, really important to me. Uh, and then I would say adventure. Um, you know, I know a lot of people kind of come back to curiosity. And yeah. I was thinking about that. But I I, I think I would say I'm a fairly curious person. But I'm very much more... Like, the adventure is probably yeah. what I kind of associate with. Like, I love new experiences. I love surprises. I love... Like, my sister always jokes that um, on my tombstone, eventually, I'll probably... <laughs> all it'll say is, Lo probably said, it'll be fine. <laughs> and that's, that's like, my model in life. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. And then I go for it and do something stupid or risky. And uh, I don't know. I, but it always has been fine. And yeah. I have had a tremendous amount of fun getting myself into trouble and, you know, just trying new experiences. So (laughs) So adventure, I think, would be my third one. For sure. And I think adventure and curiosity, those are highly related to... Siblings, probably. You would need to have curiosity to drive that demand for adventures. Yeah. Fantastic. Next question. Um, What was the biggest harvest for you from the MBA program? Um, you know, I think we may all say this, but absolutely the, the network. Um, mm-hmm. and there was something, who was it that said, I think it was, um, our business technology prof, um, I'm so bad for this. Yeah, Varun. I think it was him. And he said, you know, it was the first time that I really considered this, but he said, you know, you are growing up as the future leaders of Calgary. And that just really stuck with me. Like, and it just made me so proud of our cohort as well, right? Because everyone is so different. You know, we have wildly, you know, diverse opinions and backgrounds and, you know, work experience and everything like that. And I, you know, we all learn from each other in different ways. And I think that um, that just gave me the warm and fuzzy. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, we are very lucky. Like we're kind of these students who already have, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 years behind us in the, in the workforce. And yet here we are trying to better ourselves and learn new things and become more productive and valuable members of society. Right. And we've built this network that we will all kind of lean on each other and, you know, work with each other and hopefully cross paths as our careers evolve too. Right. So I think, Definitely the network um, has been really, like, that's just, you know, we'll all come away with that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, in terms of the classes, I mean, they've been um, hit and miss for me. I think there are a lot of things that surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, Trevor touched on this in his um, podcast where I was also sort of surprised at the, I don't want to say it's, like, I think it's more the workload in the MBA that's the major challenge mm-hmm. as opposed to the work itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some stuff like the MGST. I think everyone knows that's just never going to be my, 
my <laughs> strength. Um, and, you know, I just know that I am bad at it, and that's moving on. Um, What's MGS the again? Oh, um, the, um, like, the regression modeling and so stuff like that. Yeah. and everything. Yeah. Okay, Glenn. Yeah, yeah Glenn's class. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I think, you know... Um, um, oh, right, it was, I was talking about how Trevor kind of had expressed it, and I, I really liked that he had said, now I know I can do it, mm-hmm. and now I know where to look for the resources to refresh my memory in mm-hmm. order to apply it to something. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, that's absolutely how I think of it as well. It's kind of just getting exposed to everything and then being able to determine and sort of prioritize what's important and how you can use things and yeah. um, from there you know it's it's all useful and I think it'll all kind of circle back throughout our lives and you know we'll we'll pick up certain tidbits as we go but um, it's interesting I think academically I learned a lot but I would also say that I've probably learned more in the field in my career <laughs> yeah so, for sure. but I'm so glad I did it I mean it's uh it's it's been a wonderful experience and lots of ups and downs but um, yeah I think the it was interesting to kind of get the foundational elements of what kind of business should be and then kind of bring it back to the ever-changing fluid world of what business actually is right Mm -hmm. Um, as we're finding with the cdl program for sure (laughs) you know you you might kind of you might have the best plan in the world and then it all falls apart yeah or somebody just doesn't like it or it's not presented in the right way and then a split second decision exactly and then it's gone so yeah um i don't know if that fully answers the question but yeah no i think that's a good answer i relate as well and i also want to call back Tracy's comment of if we didn't do this MBA program, how would I ever meet you? Mm-hmm. There is mm, almost no way. Yeah, there's there's a possibility, but almost zero percent chance that I would get to know or yeah. marriage. Um, and that's a just a beautiful beautiful thing to me mm-hmm. um, out of the MBA program. Um, and I also think the exposure to the general the basics of the Mm -hmm. whole business realm i am a curious person but if i weren't put in this program and somewhat forced to go through this whole package of deal i wouldn't be able to explore or go Mm -hmm. down each path and get to know each of these disciplines and aspects by myself Mm -hmm. probably not gonna happen yeah yeah, or, and, and I think that's, you're probably bang on in that respect where you kind of tiptoe into a subject and then realize, oh, I hate this, I don't want to, <laughs> and then it kind of forces you to stick with it to, yeah. you know, at least for a term, which yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's four months, right? It's not, sure. not going to kill you, but you do kind of have to force yourself to apply your, yeah. you know, your focus and mm-hmm. make it through and you do end up learning, <laughs> which is the purpose. But it's, it's um, yeah, I think if it were self, you know, if there were the pressure to complete the program, I absolutely agree with you. I probably would have found out of a couple topics. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question. What was the most memorable thing or person or moment or subject to you? This There may be some overlap to the last question, but if you mm-hmm. can think of something else, um, what would that be? Um, I, I definitely think the retreat was a big moment for me. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just, I think, the 
the leadership principles that we learned in addition to kind of the um, social element of business I really enjoyed and then going out and being in the retreat that was just really impactful for me like that was a certainly a, a turning point um, I mean there are a number of uh, I think there were not a number of really fun moments I mean I remember doing like Mark Strat, our group had so much fun with that. And we just <laughs> teabag. Yeah. <laughs> Testy and teabag. And we just like, there are those silly moments too, where you're just kind of having fun with your team. And, yeah. um, those, you know, those were some good moments amongst the, you know, the stressful ones. Um, and then realistically just kind of, um, getting to know each other and, uh, yeah, I mean, I won't stress, talk about, like, the stressful times because I know we were trying to erase those. But, um, yeah, there were just some really fun moments. I mean, a lot of the group work I enjoyed. And um, it was really, really fun to kind of come back to uh, being in person. And actually, Varun's class was that kind of our first block week in person. Was it? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that was actually a particularly fun week for me because it is kind of my background. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to me to sort of listen to what was being formally taught through yeah. academics and also living that world day to day. So that was a really fun week for me, um, just kind of from a learning perspective, but yeah. just kind of the topic is, it felt a little more natural too. So for sure. Um, that's good. Um, I'm going to skip the last two regular questions that I would ask everyone and go to the specific questions Uh-oh. that was um, requested by a uh, listener. A listener, okay. <laughs> a listener. Uh-oh. Um, a fan, a friend, a foe. A fan, a fan for sure, an admirer. Um, why do you have so much drip? I uh, heard this is the same, the same question to Trevor as of a, like equivalent to style. I don't understand what drip is, yeah. <laughs> so much drip, oh, I love it. Um, well, I won't, I know who it is, so I won't say anything, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it comes back to just loving being surrounded by beautiful things and harmony. <laughs> it's just kind of who I am. Yeah. Um, I do get really influenced by my surroundings and, um, if my environment is chaotic, my mind is chaotic. And so I really do spend a lot of time feeling, and you know, I think I, in the way I dress, I like to just feel put together. I wouldn't say that in classes, but um, you know, feeling put together makes me feel more confident and it makes me feel as though I'm presenting myself in the best way. And so um, even from a young age, it's always been kind of an interest of mine is fashion and just, um, but yeah, just design and art and beauty. I think it all just kind of comes all together. Like I just am very, I love, I guess I just love beautiful things. I love being surrounded by beautiful people and, you know, genuine, kind people. And um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of it. But yeah, no, I do definitely. I probably waste far too much time reading <laughs> blogs and um being influenced by things online as well so there's there's that too your effort has paid off so you have an admirer of that (laughs) the drip yeah Yeah. absolutely but uh yeah another good question um from him is if you could be someone one day who would that be Mm. 
You know what I've been thinking about recently is I would love to live the same life that I've lived, but as a man. Oh. And I would be so curious to see how far I could get if I were born a man. And I know that's probably a strange answer, but that is like, I don't, I love who I am. I don't know that I want to be someone else, but I have always been curious, like what if I hadn't been held back or discriminated against or pre, you know, had prejudice, would I be in a different place or would I be exponentially further than I am? And that's always been something I, I just, and I'd love to experience the world being a, being a dude, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just kind of, um, just, just for something, you know, like in Monty Python and now for something completely different. <laughs> um, so I don't know, maybe that, but no, that's uh, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of actually being someone, I mean, yeah. I certainly have people I admire, um, and I have my celebrity couples that I adore, but in terms of who I'd want to be, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of, I love my life. I, there's a lot of things that I have worked really hard to kind of build the way I want them. And I, with that and there's that's a forever journey but um yeah it's an interesting question that's an amazing (laughs) answer to just love your life and happy with yourself and just be yourself yeah great you hear that Aaron I hope you're satisfied (laughs) oh you just (laughs) outed him (laughs) okay with that we're gonna wrap this one up uh I'm your host Colin that was the guest for today Lauren Thank you very much, Lauren. Thank you. You're a great interviewer.